Hello, and welcome to Mon Animism, a very convoluted guide. I'm your podcast host, Sarah Jane. In this introduction, we'll be looking at new animism. Does every member of my audience understand the term new animism? Indeed, do you understand what you're here for, or what's important about modern animism? And do you know how it differs from traditional animism and neo-animism? So in this podcast, we're going to run on Ultimate Mondays, which is now going to be described as Modern Animist Mondays going forward. Hopefully none of you will miss a recording that way. And then we're going to cover all the different types of animism, but specifically focused upon um, the modern aspects from new animism in the 1960s onwards. But here's the boring bit. Animism was first conceptualised in 1871 by Sir Edward Taylor. He wrote this book called Primitive Cultures, and that went on and kick-started the field of anthropology. There were other imposters, other reproductions of Edward, um, came in later, and they started talking about other fields, breaking down the animism. So they got all the other different forms of isms, your totemism, your spiritualism, your fetishism, your shamanism, your vitalism, and your panpsychism. But remember that all the things that end in isms are all Western constructs. And everything that's a Western construct must come under scrutiny. And that happened once we moved into the post-imperialistic worldview, possibly around the 1980 time. And so the concepts I listed very um, fell slowly out of favour, specifically for the anthropologists. Um, the folk religions around the world, they were still utilising animism and it was used in other contexts. But um, for the folk religions, they were using it and carried on using it because it formed kin groups of them and gave a sense of united identity. Um, shamanism is similar to animism in some regards, but in essence they're two different practices and I'll cover this differently on a different podcast. Um, what we need to know is animism believes that inanimate objects may have a soul or a life. Sometimes they develop them, sometimes it's already there. Um, there's a sense that there is an energy inherent in the world which can flow or be directed into things. Animism is not just that belief in the supernatural of fairies and spirits um, or places of power or alternate spiritual or energetic dimensions. Jean Paget, the child psychologist, tells us that animism is a state inherent inside human beings. Um, it's a, a way of understanding the world. It's the reason why children play with toys, why they give them names and backstories. They anthropomorphize non-physical items into their friends. It's the reason why certain people are frightened of dolls or clowns. This inherent ability to give a life to something or perceive something as having a life is programmed into our DNA. It teaches how to behave around nature, i.e. cautiously. Without animism, our ancestors wouldn't have learnt to be cautious around landslides or expect rivers to burst their banks. By expecting nature to be misanthropic, we can avoid mishaps. If you consider a driver who believes traffic lights are out to get him, you can see how their behaviour around traffic signals is affected. And that's why you'll understand the potent ability of 
animism to change our behaviours. But animism is so inherent in our consciousness that it's become the reason why any of our religions exist. And it's the reason why people will always have spirituality and that will never escape. And this is another important factor we're going to cover in modern animism is the fact that it is modern. Lots of new things are coming up. And whilst we choose to be secular in our society, we can't escape this. This is something inherent within us. And statistically, current statistics in Europe, this is the poor report, suggests that in Europe, for one every child, for one child born, Six Europeans will become agnostic or atheist. But equally, coincidentally, for one child born in Europe, 68 people will convert to or be identified as belonging to a folk religion of either animism, Wiccan or shamanism. Um, and 0.2% of the population, that's our growth of animists, will come because the animists have come from abroad. It's not that European societies become more secular and we've lost our spirituality. It's that society has become disenfranchised with how society's values are currently managed. That's why we see a, a expansion and growth in folkism religions, but we're losing a lot of Christian ethos. And that brings us around to the new animism. This brings us around to new animism. This is a form of animism that only came into existence after the 1960s. New animism is based upon the philosophical work of Descartes and it's known as Cartian dualism and this is the belief that a person's soul doesn't reside inside their bodies and um, that there is an actual spiritual plane of existence outside us into which our spirit and soul resides. So whilst original and traditional animism would see an inanimate object and presume that it had the potential to have an internal soul or perhaps has energy inside it, you might perhaps think of Mount Fuji and the force it exudes as a volcanic mountain it has an energy in there because it has hot springs. But also Fuji is considered to be a place of power and it's also a place for pilgrimage and there's all these other ideas of energy placed upon it so it's apparent that the energy exists inside the actual mountain but also it's a spiritual power that the mountain has but the new animists who follow Cartian duality think that the energy is not internal um, and we think about quantum realities how quarks can exist in many places simultaneously and how all matter is in connect interconnected and that's a big new growth idea from modern animism on top of the Cartian duality. New animism brings animism closer to shamanic ideals because we have to journey towards this, find this other plane of existence. It also brings us closer to ancestor worship because we understand there is a plane into which we all aim or ascend to. And even after new animism, we have further expressions of animism, more recent ones, such as ecological animism, which promotes the equality of all physical species. And there's an archaeological, architectural animism, which aims to create living spaces. And it promotes the idea of ecological animism, 
but it also recreates the sensation and feelings, the ideas of warmth or comfort and joy and the general ambience that we try to create with animism, a sense of feeling in spaces. We know that animism is essential to our psychology in a way that other spiritual and ethical constructs are not. And that's why we cannot remove it from our lives. But most other forms of religion have been forced to adapt to animism. They haven't been able to overrule it or override it. In fact, they've had to take it into their belief systems. And they've had to adapt. And so animism has been synthesized into all of the other religions, doctrines from Christianity, Judaism, Islam, Hinduism, right the way through to shamanism. And there has been a massive crossover between all religions and animistic thought. So in the next podcast, because I only do quick podcasts, we're going to look at the crossover between traditional animism and shamanism and how we've been moved towards a more um, shamanic idea within animism. So I hope you'll join me for that. And I thank you for listening.